I am Jeff Ado. This is Lunacy, where we discern the sacred from the insane and admit that, whether we like it or not, we are all profoundly affected by the cycles of the moon. My guest today is my very good friend, brother Mikey Pauker. He is, if you don't know Mikey, he's an incredible musician. He's an incredible musician. Incredible musician. Sped up. Sounds like incredible musician. Uh, who has an inordinate talent for really bringing people together in his shows and creating a healing environment unlike really anything I've ever experienced before and seen. Something I really admire about you, which is a lot of the reason why you're on the show today. Also, we have a lot in common. We've done some plant medicine uh, ceremonial work together and also like some other ceremonial work. We did some Shabbat stuff. Mm-hmm. Mikey mm-hmm. hosted Shabbat at my house. I'm not I'm not Jewish, but I, I admire that tradition. And he does it in a sort of a secular way that honors that whole tradition. It's very inclusive, which I'm totally into. So we have that in common as, as well. Um, yeah, I got nothing but love for you, brother. Thanks for coming on the program. Love you too. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Nice to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So let's just drop in really quick. We're going to start off with a little, little prayer. We want to honor our ancestors and all those people who brought us to be in this moment right here, right now. All the struggles that they fought to get us here to a place and time that is remarkably easy to live, relatively speaking, even though it sure seems challenging. Just thank you so much for sticking it out and creating us. We want to thank the creator for bringing us into existence and giving us the opportunity, this conversation, this dialogue. And we want to thank this land that we're on. We want to thank the Nisanan tribe and people that were here before us that cultivated this space, this land that we were on. We want to thank them as well and honor their tradition and uh, thank them for allowing us to be here. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right, cool. So, yeah. So, Mikey, I guess I just want to kind of start off with like, could talk a little bit about how we know each other, yeah. which is we, we met doing ayahuasca circles. Um, and that's been incredibly profound, I think, for both of us, really, mm-hmm. uh, without doubt. But let's talk first impressions, <laughs> shall we? Girl, let's do it. So um, the, the, the group that we were sitting with when we first met, you know, um, you're, you're allowed to come up and do a song if you have a, a song that you'd like to share. And so naturally Mikey got up and shared a song of his and I just was so moved. I mean, you're kind of in a movable state right? <laughs> when on medicine anyway, you're a little yeah. more malleable, shall we say. Right. Um, but it was so transformative and full of love and really like the way that you enveloped the room. I was just really like awestruck, like immediately I saw you and I was like, whoa. That's my brother up there. Like we are on a very similar path and I really appreciate his journey and his talent and his sharing it with us, particularly in this environment. Um, Like I was really moved by you and I continue to be moved by you and, and and our friendship. So thank you. Thank you. Wow. It's really sweet to hear how you see it and hear your experience of me in a very 
I got, you know, with medicine, sometimes not knowing which world I'm in mm-hmm. and, and the, the power of music of, I guess it's something that like, it's like a needle to the, to the fabric, you know, weaving with other voices. Yeah. I noticed that um, on medicine, I just, it's the music that brings me back. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, I'm not like, um, when you probably heard me, I don't know where I was because uh-huh. um, I'm not like, I'm, I haven't been a high practitioner of that. Like when I first met you in this community, I just started kind of working with that medicine. Yeah. And uh, I think what the, what the, what the music kind of served with me, me being able to offer my music in the same same with you. It's like an anchor. Yeah. You know, in the moments where we get to play music, it's like, Oh, now I know where I am. This is what I'm doing. Oh, wait, what is this guitar? Wait, wait, what is this? But then being like, no, I do know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I appreciate that you see me in that way because probably at that moment I was probably going through something really challenging because medicine work isn't all roses and butterflies and unicorns. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it brings stuff up for sure. And self doubts and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think I moved through a lot of like anxiety and fear. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting on that note. I find, you know, I've shared a lot of music in that environment and also frankly, like been inspired to write a lot of music from that environment, that experience of that plant medicine and what it brings and sort of the the veil that drops the experience of like seeing by beyond that experiencing more of a connection and also just spirit and spirits around me mm-hmm. in me moving through me. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting though, too, like the first time I met you, you walked in the ceremony and I was like, do you mind if I share? No. I was like, who's this guy? He's got like long hair. He has like really cool clothing on. He's got like, you know, all the couture malls, you know, all the different clothing uh, and I was like, wow, what's up with this guy? And, you know, he walked in and I think it was where we sat with this circle was in a hall. It was like a different location than we usually uh-huh. sit. It was like, there was a tree in the middle of the house. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which oh, was yeah, a trip right. to be in like the middle of suburbia. And there's like a tree in the center of the house. And you're uh-huh. like, oh my God. And I can hear helicopters above me and this is intense, but oh, we're on the medicine and praying. And you shared a song. And I was like, who is this man? Who's this beautiful human being? Hmm. And I also felt like drawn to you too. And I felt drawn towards your, the time fiance, now wife. Oh yeah. Christine, I felt like this resonance, like there's something that I know that I feel like I need to connect with. So you invited me, I'm pretty sure up here to be like, I'm living in, you know, I'm, I'm rough, and in, rough and ready, you know, I'm going to be at high vibe fest. I'd love to love to connect. And so I remember about a little over a year ago, I came up to, to stay with you and all this is history. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. And I know, um, to circling back, I, for me, like the, the experience of, of performing on medicine in medicine ceremony, like with people, um, particularly the songs that I share in that environment, which are, you know, primarily kind of spiritually oriented songs or love based songs or like a journey from dark into light kind of songs, um, has really like grounded my, um, my ability as a performer to deliver Mm. and really like informed, uh, my muse, so to speak, you know, Mm. and given me more more confidence and more understanding of what it is that I'm trying to communicate. You know, it's so interesting. And maybe you could comment on this because I think it's something that's so natural for you. Like as performers, you know, 
there's no doubt that so much of it is about validation. And it's about showing up and having people go, oh, that was really great. That was really great. Good job. Look at what he did. It was so good. We like you. You know, there's so there's so much of it. You can't get around it. That's just how it goes. So. But. That obviously, if you're coming from that space or you're worried about that, then you're not really coming from an authentic place. And then the music suffers and your performance mm-hmm. suffers because you're worried about whether or not they like me. Mm-hmm. And that's totally natural and normal. But, uh, you know, the, the place to come from with with a song, and I mean, with really any sort of performance art with acting also, right, is to come from what's the story? Really, what am I trying to tell? What's the heart here? Where's the love in this song and the story that I'm telling? How do I really convey that and communicate that? And I'd love for you to talk about your journey with that because you're somebody who very clearly demonstrates that you it's like Mikey Pauker gets up on stage and all of a sudden he like opens his chest, you know, and reveals, um, his, his truth. You know, I feel like there's not, there's not a lot of separation between you and the music. You really connect to your source. And I wonder if you could just comment on like the journey that you've had getting there and how it is that you manifest that. Mm, That's a big question. I think like the first memories of performance was for me around a campfire, um, getting together with friends and going to, uh, going down to Laguna beach where I'm from Laguna Niguel is where I'm from technically, but going down to Laguna, we would have bonfires in the summers and stuff like that. And we'd like play our favorite songs around the fire, you know? Um, and for me, it was like always about jamming and like sharing our favorite new like dispatch song or our favorite new thrice song, or like, I don't know if this makes sense to anyone, but these bands from like thrice was really big when I was a kid. And like under oath was really big, like these like rock bands, mm-hmm. blink One Eighty Two songs, you know, we'd sit around the fire yeah. and, you know, sure. and play. Um, and, uh, I also from those experiences learned a lot about how to listen and how to communicate. And mostly I really about how to actually when I say listen, I'm talking about not just listen to the music, but listen to how people are interacting at the fire. Mm-hmm. Like listen to the vibe of the audience. Listening to the vibe of not even the audience because around a fire, it's just people sitting around a fire mm-hmm. who are human beings. Yeah. So it's just listening to the cues of humanity around a fire, mm. the cues of how people sit, of the pacing of how people speak about what they're sharing. Like, it's not that every fire we go to is a sacred ceremony. We've all, like, at these fires, I think we were, like, we were drinking. But, you know, I was, you know, we were experimenting. And for us, it was, like, in those experiences around the fire, I learned how to have conversations and allow space for music and how to listen and then how to be curious. And there was an element, though, too, of it being a kid of the of my ego that wanted to be seen. Like yeah. when I was a kid, I wanted like as a, as a child, when I said to myself, I want to be a rock star. I want to you know, I want to tour the world playing music for me. Like, first of all, looking back at the life and knowing that I'm doing whatever that is. I don't orient to what my dreams were as a kid, mm-hmm. but as a knowing now as an adult that I've manifested a life that's music and prayer. 
all I would tell myself as a child is be careful what you pray for, be careful what you wish for. Mm. And if you really believe it, it can happen. Mm. I'm grateful for where I am now, but it took me a lot of humbling experiences to get to where I am. And I think a lot of it was around identity. It had to do with like ego work. It had to do with um, learning how to listen in a good way, how to be a good human. Like these were all like elements that have presented themselves in human interactions that kind of got me to where I'm at. It wasn't so much like theory. Like I did, for instance, I can like read general notes on a page and I could look at time signatures and I know keys. Mm -hmm. But if you give me a page of, of, and you told me Mikey play that I couldn't, I couldn't play those notes Mm -hmm. because I'm not, it's my forte hasn't really been in the architecture of musical composition. Mm -hmm. It has always for me been a way to communicate what's inside of my heart that feels like it needs to be seen. Yeah. And if I, and my practice says that's what it's always been. It's been like, even as a teenager, my angst, my insecurity, Mm -hmm. my, um, all of that, I would write these songs, these narratives, and what they would do is they would set me free. Yeah. So that's kind of what the practice has been. Yeah. So what I'm picking up on that I think is really fascinating is that you're using a greater listening of the audience. Mm -hmm. Like you, part of part of your talent and your journey has been to like really tune into the energy of the room. I mean, you mentioned how people are sitting. I just have this image in my mind of the that movie Spy Game with Brad Pitt, you know, and uh mm-hmm. and Robert Redford where Robert Redford's asking him all these questions like who do, what's the couple in the corner wearing and you know, he has yeah, to pick all of it up instantly walking in the room. Mm-hmm. And and then he does. And so it, I feel like you're not a spy, but you are kind of like an audience spy. You know, you're looking at how people are behaving so that you can be in flow with them and evoke something out of them. Like there's a greater listening. There's something that like I, as you were saying that I I had this thought. So years later, you know, I started playing clubs at festivals and all these things. And what changed for me is when I became a a song leader for Jewish summer camps. Mm hmm. Okay. Um, and what we learned as a part of the design of what we do. So what, what our role was in the, in the camp was to show up at this time and offer a song session, which is essentially like the, the best of, of the songs to get the kids up and dancing. Our job was to get the kids up and dancing and in prayer, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really about prayer. Like God, it was like a lot of these kids, they don't believe in God, right. but what they believed in is they love Wonderwall. Right. That's they love Oasis. You know, they love Goo Goo Dolls, you know, Slide. They love these Jason Mraz songs like a um, what's that song? And I won't wait. Uh, I'm yours. Yeah. You know, they, uh-huh. These teens and the, the youth, the kids, what they wanted was an experience of being at a rock show, of putting their arms up, of feeling the essence of the community around. And that was our job is to create that space. We had 15 minutes. We'd go into a dining hall without microphones. And our job was to find a way to contain the energy and take them through a journey mm-hmm. in a short amount of time. So it was like a boot camp, And yeah. I did this for years where, you know, um, I, I was in every session, every day we had to do that. And, we, and I did that for multiple summers and multiple camps. And then I started getting kind of brought into summer camps as an artist in residence, because I wrote a couple of songs that got published in like the Jewish music world that like yeah. people knew. So they were like, Mikey, come to our camp and do a concert. And it's always kind of like a rodeo, but something I learned about the live show that I love is. So when I walked into the room and I look at people now mm-hmm. in a room, I'm always aware of the space. Yeah. So there's a space, right? If 
we're in a space like what we are right now. We're in a small room and there's a contained energy field between you and I. Mm-hmm. It would be different if we were sitting in a barn having this interview. But because we're close up and we're near each other, like right here, yeah. there's like an energy that we're feeling from each other. Yeah, It'd be different intimacy. if you were 20 feet away from me and we're at different tables trying to hold the same energy. For sure. So what I'm saying about that is a human being, we have a frequency and an energy. And then the closer we are to each other, the more that the energy can build when we're in the same resonance through story, through song, through meditation. Yeah. So what we learned in this case is we'd be in a a big room, a big dining hall. And what we would do is we would, the kids are going to come in in five minutes. What are we going to do the room? So we would take chairs and we would take um, dining hall chairs and we would make like a barrier in the corner of a room, like here, there's a corner of the room. Okay. And in the corner of the room, we're going to make like a barrier. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And so the people are going to be inside the barrier. And so we're going to invite them in, even though we're in a giant room, to only be in a space of 30 by 30 feet. Okay, cool. And then when that 30 by 30 feet, we're going to have them get involved. And when we're in a smaller space and we're closer together and we're saying, hey, now maybe ask the person next to you, put your arm around each other. Mm-hmm. We're building a, gener- a, ge- a regenerative a generative field that's inviting collaboration and movement and song and story and intention. We say to them, Hey, share a story of today. What did you learn today in camp? What do you, what's something that you learned in an Amanute, you know, in art class, what did you learn? Wow. And hearing that that's where I learned it. I learned it from like literally imitating other song leaders. Like this lineage has been happening for a long, long time. Yeah. And I then as now a musician who's doing it on stage, my goal is to literally take a room. If I go to a club and I play the Miner's Foundry, uh-huh. which is a big room in Nevada City, yeah, you know, opening for Gong Gong Beyond, and I'm the opening artist. How do I, first of all, serve Gong Gong Beyond and make sure that their fans are ready for Gong Gong Beyond? Like, how do I create an experience that's going to open their heart? And a lot of the thing that I'm doing is I'm just inviting a few things. One is for everyone to know that. If you can speak, you can sing. Mm -hmm. And even if you can't speak, you can move your mouth. Mm -hmm. And the invitation is that this is a place for everyone to share their voice, regardless of what they sound like. Mm -hmm. Because in the gift of your voice, there's medicine that I truly believe I've seen it. There's medicine that is in everybody's voice. And we're able to activate and open up. We're able to tap into something, not just here, but esoterically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Uh Uh-huh. The second is invitation is body movement. Uh People can sit on the ground if they want to sit. However, my invitation and there's no like, and and that's to come closer and to be a part of something. And something I do when I play live is sometimes people are scattered and I'll even say, Hey, like maybe come up a little closer, come. And it's not about me, but it's about them. It's about them having a lived experience, being a part of a unit together So that's two. It's like acknowledging space and time and inviting a communal experience to feel that they can dance, they can sit, they can move. And then sometimes I like to invite like games, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever dances to this song, like I'm going to throw the show. Like I use the tricks of what I learned with the kids, the adults. I've I've had you do that. I've been, I think I won a prize one time actually for best dancer. You get a free tank top, but it's not about that. It's not like a bribing thing. It's about how do we create space for people to come together? So one is right. How do you encourage people to let loose and let go and like 
release their inhibitions and really be yeah. present and like just allow themselves to experience life without reservations. Hundred percent. And I think that's the last intention. It's like, how do we create a safe place for people to explore their vulnerability? Because a lot of my song is about grief. It is about my depression. Yeah. And it, they're songs that I made into positive uh, narratives because it helped me get out of my shit. Yeah. So what I'm doing is just making a map so other people can do that too. Mm -hmm. And what I like to do in the middle of a show is you've seen it, like invite someone from the crowd to come up or, you know, invite up uh, an elder to come up and make an offering in that moment. Because what we're doing, the way that I look at it now, post sitting in ceremony these years is before I think it was a performance. It was about being seen. It was about the ego. It was about like, Oh, like, look at, look, how, look, look at this amazing thing that I'm doing. And, but for me, it's not about that. No, it's about the prayer. Yeah. That's yeah. That's so beautiful. You know, we've talked about that before and, and you actually, when you, you initially said that to me, we were doing a show together. I was opening for you actually here in Nevada city at Elixart. And you mentioned to me, you were like, just remember when you go up on stage, you're offering a prayer and that's all that this is about. And it really it shifted into something in me at that moment, which has permeated, you know, to today. Like when I, when I go to share music, I think, I always think about that. Honestly, mm. you've, you've changed my life, Mikey Pauka. You have, it's true. Like it really. And I, I think about that every time I get up on stage or go to share a song in front of any, anybody, even just at home or even just practicing, you know, just listening. And I also think for like whatever <laughs> energies and spirits are around me, uh, as crazy as that sounds, I do feel like that, that, you know, there's people, you know, sometimes you're playing a song, you feel like there's people there, but there aren't there people there, but maybe there's some, you know what yeah. I mean? There's some animate force around us, uh, tuning in. Um, but I always think about that and it always makes such a difference to me to think and focus on this song is a prayer. And what am I communicating to people? Uh, I really love that. And I really love also you talking about, you know, that, that basically like music is such a, a powerful way for you to get out of your own depression. Mm -hmm. I mean, God, dude, I think every song that I write is like that or a reflection thereof on some level, you know, how do I get out of this? Like, place uh, like and now i know we're we're each going to share a song here in a moment now i know which song i'm going to share because it relates to that and i think that's the place to to come from you know i think what's beautiful about music is you can do anything you know you could do from like uh, you know metallica and heavy metal stuff to like ska and reggae to like fun stuff and you know like taylor swift or like whatever you can get to your hardcore rap type things, whatever is, is in flow with you, you can do it. But I, I know, um, I know for me, my intention is to raise my vibration, to experience life more fully, to help others to process emotion and grieve. Like you say, like a lot of my songs are laments, quite frankly. And I find that same thing in you, like, I think that's one of the things because the subject here is like the power of music, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that's so powerful about music is that you really can use music as a vehicle to transform yourself and your perspective and get through stuff and like cry. Um, you know, and, and speaking of which, 
I don't remember, like, honestly, I've seen you play, I don't know, a lot, many times. I don't remember a time where I didn't cry at some point or get a tear in my eye. And at our I'm last- sorry, it's been so horrible for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's so yeah. terrible. I just want it to end. Yeah. I just want it to end, Mikey. Uh, you know, and they lock the doors at yeah. the fucking place that he plays. It's weird. That's not true. Why don't you leave? No. It's always tears of tears of either tears of joy and like I'm in I I'm I find a greater sense of love in myself or like I'm I'm also connecting with you and like there's like a a a a like a it's like I don't want to say I'm proud of you because that sounds like I'm sunning you or whatever but there's like a I there's a pride that I share with you as a performer uh mudita did you know this concept mudita no what's that from um it's it's buddhist it's uh sympathetic joy Mm. it's one of the like big virtues in 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 buddhism but like compersion uh i don't know what compersion is like where you like celebrate somebody and even though you're not there you didn't do it but you're like really celebrating them yes for them being in doing the thing they love yes it's the opposite of being envious and like jealous it's like really like oh my god man i can't that's so great that he achieved that it's so beautiful i i often have that experience uh, with your music and uh, at the last show that I was at, and maybe you could speak to this specifically, that fella in the front row at the last high vibe fest in Cobb, California this year was just, man, he was weeping and you brought him up on stage and had him sing your songs. And I just like, I'd love for you to speak to, to that, that phenomenon that like, you know, are you trying to create that vibe? How do you like, what's up with that, man? Why is homie crying? I maybe homie's crying because he's feeling something in the music he resonates with. There's a story that maybe maybe there's a, a lyric that speaks to his heart and his experience. Yeah. And, um, you know, the songs that I write, they don't. A lot of the times when I'm writing, they don't really make sense to me. Right. They're, been, they're uh, channeling. Mm-hmm. I get on the stage and you say, like, Mikey opens his chest. It's like I get on the stage and I pray before I even get on the stage with my band and we open up a, a prayer space. Mm-hmm. And I get up on that stage and I bear my heart on the stage. And what comes through me when I'm playing live, it's like, it's mediumship. It's, there's something coming through me and I make choices based on whatever that inner knowing is. And sometimes it's really weird. Yeah. You know, like who would invite a random person up on stage to sing their song with them? Um, Not knowing if they're going to be any good, et cetera. It's like a big risk you're taking. Well, I kind of knew he was pretty good. Because oh, right, I like right. his music. Right. He's also a musician. Okay. So that's, but, I, but the thing, <laughs> yeah, the thing, the thing about him is I love his music and I've been a fan. Call him out or is that weird? We could, we could, we could talk. We could, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Uh, his name is Daniel with the balance. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, I love his music. He's like a, actually a, um, an artist that I worked with kind of helping with performance mm-hmm. and, um, he's connected to quantum uh, quantumist Ruby chase and he's released a lot with high vibe records. So he's a part of like the network of high vibe records and high vibe fest. Yeah. And he was there to perform. He's, he has like a new project with this artist, uh, what, what, Tashi. Okay. And, um, I have always wanted to spend time with him and at the festival, like that's what I loved about the festival. Mm-hmm. I, I got to like spend time with all these people yeah. that I wanted. And like, this is like, so going back to this specific thing, going back, to, he was watching me in the front. There uh-huh. he was in the front watching me. 
weeping. Yeah. And I don't know what it was. I just grabbed him and I brought him up on stage. He knew all the words. So I said, you take it. I just felt like that was the thing to do. And, and, and man, it was really special because it was so special. You know, I just, um, I don't know. I felt that he could carry it. He could carry it. Um, reminded me of when I was a kid, I was like, how old was I? I was like 10 years old. And we went to the fair in Laguna Niguel and I was on the side of the stage and war was performing and uh, I was singing, why can't we be friends? And they literally did the same thing. They grabbed me and they brought me on stage and I was singing with war. Wow. Yeah. I spent the whole night with war as a 10 year old kid. Amazing. And to me, like felt like I got to pass the baton. Like it it was one of those moments. Like there's this great movie I love called rockstar with Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Have you seen it? Where he's like, he's in a cover band of some like rock band. You should check out this. You should see this movie. I'm going to watch it now. Okay. We should watch it. We do a viewing party. We should watch it tonight. Perhaps. He's in this cover band. And then what happens? Marky Mark. Marky Mark. Yeah. And they realize, and he's an amazing singer. He's singing in this uh-huh. movie. It's cool. Like he's a, like a hair amazing. band guy. Okay, yeah. Kind of looks like you. He's got the beautiful hair. He's got the... Thanks. Anyways, he gets invited to join this band, the band of his dreams. Yeah. And there's, there's a moment during, like he's singing in the audience. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then he gets invited up on stage. Yeah. And he does the same thing. He does literally the same thing um, to someone else. And that's how he, he leaves the band that way. Right. Wow. And I, to be honest with you, like I'm in that kind of moment in my life. I got, I got, I got it. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I mean, first of all, in case people don't know, I am like an inspiration junkie and a love junkie and a vulnerability junkie. Like that's, 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 that's how I get high. If you will. Like I'm always looking, how do I love more? How do I experience life more deeply? Yeah. The joys and the sorrows, like, and how do I express that fully? And that was such a beautiful, like you bringing him up on stage. It was like, you could see the dream coming true for him and also for you. It was very much like you were passing the baton to him. And then all of us got to all of us in the audience, you know, there's, I don't know, whatever, 50, a hundred people there listening on these fairground space. And it was like, all of us just got sucked in. Like we were all talking about it afterwards. In fact, like I saw people days later and we're like, Oh my God, you remember that moment in my Power? It was the highlight of the festival, actually. Wow. For I you? A hundred percent. For, I think, a lot of us. Oh. For Christine as well. Wow. Um, yeah, it really was because it was so intimate and cathartic because, like, he, you could see, it, it just brought the message of your music to such a deeper level because here's this guy singing it and just totally inspired and now he's, he's the rock star on stage. He's the one that's communicating the message that you had to offer. It was such a beautiful um, transformation. And I mean, you just said that's the moment that you're at in your life. I feel like I was privileged to watch this. I felt like I, I, I got to witness you deepening your life and your performance as a musician to a, a new level. Thank you. And honestly, for me, I want to, when I play, I just want to create a field where people can, can actually feel like they can feel each other and they can feel connection. And I'm, and I'm going to do whatever I can to make, make that happen every time because it, it makes my life make sense. Yeah. Good. I'm like, I feel like I'm a fish in captivity when I'm home. Sometimes I'm on my computer trying to make everything work. Yeah. But when I get on that stage, my life makes sense. Yeah. For like an hour. Yeah. And I just want to serve the, I want to serve each crowd and, 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 
create something for these human beings that are showing up. They could be doing something, they could be doing a million other things. I just want to be in service of the human heart and help humans sing and feel connected to something in this crazy world. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And I, I gotta say, it's like really gratifying to hear, uh, hear you make that, uh, I guess, pledge or vow, if you will. Yeah. Um, because I know also, you know, we're friends yeah, <laughs> and colleagues. And so like, I know how challenging this path can be from a, my own experience and also from, from, from you and what you go through and the different challenges and like how hard it is and how many times you've just been like, you know what, man, I think I'm just going to get a tech job or something like that. You know, I said that this year, I said that I was like, you said I said last that. year too. Yeah, I was like, I'm just going to like quit this. Yeah. And I like go work at AAA. God almighty. Well, I mean, I, nothing. No. Well, hey, listen, you know AAA is great. Y'all know it's, it's like, I've been doing this for a long time financial it's just it's it's challenging to keep it going yeah and but what i realized i'm like there's no way that i could do such a thing because i'm that's not why i was born to be here i was born to be here to do what i'm exactly what i'm doing mm-hmm. and i just have to stay committed to it and like love yeah i love praying with people so you know this fall maybe it looks like i'm going to be working in a synagogue again singing with people that's fine i'm happy to do that that's before but i don't that's feel like, like but uh, yeah, that's not, yeah, I got you. You know what I mean? So I'm just in this moment where I'm like, I feel like I'm ending a chapter. Mm-hmm. And that was what the Daniel with balance moment was. It was uplifting the world to see him, mm-hmm. to acknowledge his beauty, his voice. And now I feel like I'm on to a new chapter. And that for me is like, how do I deepen into my, uh, to being a ceremonial musician and how do I create more of those experiences? And I feel like things might start changing. People might be, be seeing a new show, mm-hmm. something a little bit different. Yeah. Well, I think that's awesome. And I also, I mean, I know, um, I know you're also considering like other offer offerings that you can do. And, uh, you know, I recently interviewed Maria Stark and she's all about like, you can go on her website. She's got all kinds of stuff for you. Like she can, you can do singing workshops with her and like, uh, you know, uh, relationship workshops and stuff. She's got, she's very much into the contribution that she can make. And I know for me, like I would love to see you um, do a class on how to create ceremony through music, mm. you know, something like that. So mm. Justin, then you can say, you know, it came from lunacy. Jeff came, Ada, well, also, about. also too, I want people to know too. Um, how amazing your music is. And, you know, we got to work together for some time doing artist development practices. And I actually like have fallen in love with your music and I see you and um, yeah, I see you good human, but like even more so like I love your music. Yeah. And I see you as a very talented performer who has a deep message. And also this podcast is just I, like, I listen to it all the time. I love it. Like being on this podcast is a huge honor. Uh and uh, getting to witness your the 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 songs that you've written and watch how you offer them has how it's developed over the past year and a half. It just touches me because I have actually seen as a testament of your action the ceremonial offering that your music has become by the way that you present it, by the way that you hold yourself, by the way you communicate all the time. It's like as if I'm. I honestly feel like the medicine that that you've been that we've been praying with, like your life has become a prayer. Like you are a prayer. Wow. 
And now we get to literally be around you and all the people around you. The reason people want to be around Jeff is because you're literally speaking medicine and you're doing medicine, like you're making medicine. Uh, and I love your music. And if you haven't heard Jeff's music, I really recommend that you, as soon as this podcast is over, go listen to his music. Cause it's so fucking good. Thanks man. Yeah. Thanks. I really appreciate that. And it's the way you do it too. And I want to encourage you to get out and perform or share and pray. Yeah. Because you're, you're a ceremonialist. That's what you are. You are a man of medicine and music Mm -hmm. and the way I see you, I don't necessarily know if others can see it yet, but I, I'm committed to you as a friend and as a brother to share and be the gospel of Jeff Ado. Wow. (laughs) That's so, that's so beautiful. I'm really working on uh, how to receive, you know, compliments. Cause then of course that like my imposter complex is coming up and like, what is he talking about? There must be somebody else hosting this podcast. I think where's the guy behind the curtain. There's another fellow he's talking about, uh, but I, but I, uh, and then I'm like, no, no, it's like, just receive. This is part of the process. Like you received me. Um, and I'm uh, like, love it. I know that we're going to finish this podcast. We're going to go in the other room a little later. And we'll just start playing music together. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. I really, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the acknowledgement. Um, and also like, you know, you know, humaning is so challenging like this path and keeping it like out of the ego and continue to open up and be of service and watch where I get attached and like, why am I doing this? And am I getting, you know, uh, am I getting fulfillment out of it, et cetera. And then I got to keep, keep going, keep pushing, keep offering, keep opening, keep being vulnerable, keep copying to shit and looking at my shadow and seeing where I'm being a dick and owning my inner asshole, you know, like that's right. It's such a, like you got to keep every day. I feel like something happens where I'm like, Oh, there you are. <laughs> yeah. Ego. Uh, yeah. There's Jeff feed a dick. Uh, you know, <clears throat> like, so it's really nice to, uh, it's really nice to, to hear that and receive that from me because um, I just, I, I love you and I respect you so much. So thank and you. You know that you, I, I'm curious. Can I ask you a question? Do you know yeah. the gift that that creator gave you? Do you, do you know how special your gift is? Like, do you actually know it? Or are you kind of like, just like, how do you, how do you orient to the gift that you were given? Like, do you truly believe that this is your gift? And are are you, or are you right now just in this place where you're, you can't believe it? Like, I just want to know. I know maybe this is really vulnerable for everyone to hear on your podcast, but I'm supposed to be interviewing you. I know, but I, I, I get that. But this is also your story. This is the Jeff Ado story, lunacy. Maybe this could be a moment. It like it's hard for me to say yes to that. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I get the gift that I am or that I have to give because you know. Uh, even though like I, I, I feel like I do a lot of healing work, uh, you know, there's still like, I mean, I don't know anybody who's not wounded. Uh, and so like that all comes up for me. Like I hear you and I'm again, like it's, I've got some imposter complex around that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that there are definitely, there are definitely moments. There are definitely moments 
where I accept um, my gift and the gift that I have been given to give. And, and I think also like, but it's not the, the, the trick with me is like, my ego is always like, well, you better not, better not, you know, own that. Cause that's, that's gateway to arrogant town. You're really going to be an asshole then mm-hmm. Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, you're bringing it up. I think the question is so valuable because I have to acknowledge the gift that I've been given to give to other people. Yes. And, and my purpose, which is to give that gift, go those gifts to other people yes. and be a clear channel. Like you yes. we were saying earlier, but that's, that's the gift. It's like you're showing up with the gift that was given to you. And so the opportunity on the altar of the stage or the altar of life is that you could give the gift and know it's not you. And that's it. It's the prayer. And when you're, you know, in ceremony, when we're feeling the, man, we purge up all what we need to purge and we get up and we offer our song at the altar. I mean, maybe it's just me, but everything maybe makes sense in that moment. For sure. My question is, my blessing for you is that you continue to remind yourself that that altar is always in in that room. Wow. And then when you get up on that stage, that altar that we light the candle for Mm -hmm. is here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can I throw that back at you too? Yeah. I'm going to remember that. And that's, that's what I do. We'll make a pledge to each other. The altar is right here. The altar is right here. That's right. We shake on it. Yeah. And it's, by the way, it's right there too, in your heart. Right there. And that's really the whole point of the podcast is how do we open each other's hearts and create more space and connection and experience the interconnectedness and the incredible gift that this life is. And, you know, cut through the cynicism that we all have and resignation and fucking morass of it all, you know, the ego of it all, the, all the attachment, like how do we continue to slice through that stuff? So I really appreciate that. The altar is always open and it's right here in my heart. It's right here in your heart. And you, and when you get up on that stage and you take a second to breathe, mm-hmm. you're lighting the candles okay. and you're doing your invocations inside. Yeah. Right. When we're like, you're a musician before you get up on that stage, what do you do to to make, to open up the altar? Yeah. And is that backstage? What are you listening to? How are, what music is going to invoke you getting on that stage that you can make that offering? Yeah. So yeah, light those candles and get up there. Because the thing is, there's no, on the altar of life, creator or however you believe in, the unknown, this, this is spirit force, or if you don't believe there's no judgment in that creator is love. Creators is a yes. Yes. And give it to me. Yeah. Like it, there's, you're not right. There's no right. There's no wrong. It is just, yes, more, more. Give me, let me, give me your, your narrative. Give me your love. Let me shine back. Just pure love and light at you. No matter what you do, you are completely loved. You're completely supported. You, you, you are, you are just a, a, a human being, an imperfect, perfect creation that, that, that the altar is always just presenting back that love. And man, I, I honestly think that like taking that on has shifted my perspective and I'm curious to see what will happen to all of you. Yeah. You do that. And me too. And, and I think like, it's, it's so interesting that you, you mentioned that cause I've been, Part of in my 
spiritual practice and study, I've been studying kind of what they call the Ori, which is like this concept of like basically like your higher self. It's like the unconditional friend kind of thing. And the 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 unconditional friend or or your higher self, their job, they always agree with you. Whatever you say, like, I can't do it. You can't do it. Uh, you know, uh, I'm such a fuck up. You're such a fuck up. Yeah, you're right. You're such a fuck up. Uh, you know, I really love my life. Yes, you really love your life. I'm worthy. I'm really worthy to be here and so appreciative. Yes, you're really worthy to be here and you're appreciated. Are these called consoling spirits? It's just like your higher self that's always there with you. That's right. the idea. Yeah. You know, the, the, your spirit, basically, your soil is always in agreement with the things that you are thinking and putting out into the world. And so if it is that I am putting out cynicism and road rage and resignation and et cetera, then that's what I'm getting back. It's always agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. It's always there in the background saying, yep, you're right. It's like Henry Ford has this quote where he says, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Uh, uh, it's the same thing with, with your, your higher self. I'm really experiencing that. And so like what you're suggesting and and what I love about that and, and what I call the love operating system is like, how do I love more? And how do I ask myself more questions? Like, oh God, I'm so in love with this moment in life right now. Well, then that's also being reflected and amplified automatically through, as you say, the altar of, of your heart and also through my spirit, through my higher self, through my worry, whatever you like to call it. Like, I think, you know, that's what we say worry for people who maybe have a different understanding. Could that be a soul? Yeah. 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 I think it could be a soul. Okay. Yeah. The spirit of your soul through the orientation of your soul. Yeah. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's right. Um, the spirit that's like always with you. Yeah. It's like your soul. I mean, I'm, I, I think that's. Or is there another external spirit? No, I think it's, it's always with you. Okay. It's like dwells in your head. Okay. It's around you. Right. Um, so, so yeah. And, and part of the, the, the point of the podcast for me, the point of the podcast, right, the point of the podcast is <laughs> how do we engender the love operating system in ourselves and others? You know, how do we, how do I love more? And so part of that is like the more that I love, the more that that gets amplified automatically by my higher self, by my Ori, by my spirit. Um, like you're saying, you know, the, the creator is always giving love, no matter how it appears, even when it's dark, there's still love there. And so like, how do I tap into that and, and express that and, and amplify that? And it's, it's really, I think by asking that question and, and accepting that calling, uh, which I think is also, you know, maybe we could talk about this. Like for me, I know. There's a lot of times where I just don't, I don't feel worthy of that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not all that. I'm not worthy of that. You're not worthy of love. I, yeah, I'm not worthy of love or I'm not worthy of that expression. I think all of us, you go through that, you know, like being depressed and like mm-hmm. seeing the dark side, mm-hmm. you know, and I know for you, that's also been a journey as well. I mean, yeah. I, I watched that journey. You watch it very personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love it. I resonate with that a hundred percent. I know what it's like very much to be in stories of racket. Yeah. <laughs> Story. It's my landmark speaking. Yeah. But we can just explain it really quick. Yeah. I was in, I was a part of a 
community called Landmark Forum for many years. Landmark Education. Landmark, Landmark Education. Worldwide. Landmark Worldwide. I did it. I did the whole curriculum. I was a coach for it, for SELP. Yeah. Um, they teach you this. It's like basically they give you this. The way it showed up for me is kind of felt like, to be honest, like, you know, in the Matrix, you could take the red or the blue pill. What's, yeah. what's the pill Neo took where he actually went into the... Uh, the red pill. Yeah, I took, took the, the red, red pill, pill, essentially. Yeah. I literally remember... It's red pill. Territory. The advanced course where when I got up to leave, I, I, I literally tripped. I fell on my face. Wow. In the center. And then I remember I went to decompression in Los Angeles and I felt like a new person. Like I felt like I got plugged into something new huh. and I was like walking out and I literally felt like, where am I? Yeah. These, these distinctions they teach and everything, it kind of rocked my entire existence. If yeah. They were, they do something where they're able to get into the way you're thinking without medicine and plug you into a new field that generates a new field of possibility. Yeah. It's just like gives you the opportunity to see the mechanism of the mind that's always already, already always there. Right. That we don't realize that we're doing. And one of the distinctions is racket. Racket. Where it's like you're doing something, you have a persistent complaint that keeps repeating itself in your life. Like, uh, you know, I never get the right girl or like, I don't know, whatever. Right. I never, I never get the part in the, uh, for the auditions that I'm doing, you know and and it and it's persistent and looking at it's a racket because it's like it's like a racket you know it's like a racket like, it's a, like mafia. a but the reason it's called a racket is like somebody's making money behind the scenes you know what right. I mean there's a front and it looks like I'm a victim but really behind it the racket is I get to be right about the idea that I'm not worthy and um I get to be right about being a in an idea of like a victim based yes which is a total human thing right but when we're able to stand, when we're able to, we did an interview a couple of weeks ago where we, I got to ask you actually how you felt about me. And you, oh, yeah. do you mind if I share? You yeah. said to me that I was like, sometimes I'm in a place of victimization and I'm in my racket. Mm -hmm. And literally right when you said that to me, it was like, I've been, I, I've been out of the conversation with Landmark for years just because I wasn't a fan of like how they did their business. Which they've changed by the which way. Which is awesome. Yeah. So I took a step away and I think landmark can be great for people, but what I learned from this, particularly now that they dropped that, that they on. dropped, but what I learned from this experience is that, um, when you said racket in, and just, just the word racket and you said the word, um, story. And then you said, Mikey, you could stand in your possibility mm -hmm. in our conversation. Yeah. In our conversation, it woke me up. I was like, Oh my God, huh. I have been going through this thing about my life for the past, whatever time. And telling the story and having to be right about the story and caring about being right than rather than just being open to the possibility that there could be a whole other way of looking at the world. And I could, yes, be dealing with a lot of suffering. I could be dealing with a broken heart. I could be, you know, having issues around maybe not getting the same bookings I used to get. I could like have a whole list of things. But at the same time, I could also hold in my heart this understanding that I'm going to, I'm going to stand in my power. I'm going to stand in the knowing that it's all happening for a better reason. Yeah. And that it's all, it's a season maybe. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing in the vibration of, of love and possibility. Yeah. And that is like, it, it's, it really woke me up. Wow. That's so great. So I want to say thank you for that. Yeah. And yeah, we can easily go in these stories. And by the way, those stories are so freaking helpful. Yeah. Because most people, they don't have the landmark Distinction. distinctions. Right. So there's pop music. It's full of racket. 
in stories. Yeah, totally. And why? Why do you think pop, you broke my heart and all these kinds of affirmations sell? Yeah. Because most of the world doesn't do transformational learning. They don't do medicine work. Right. There being, there's a hypnosis of lyrics on the radio saying you broke my heart and da 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 and we're, they're all vibing to a certain frequency. Yeah. It's not right or wrong, but what is right and why these songs sell is because most people don't aren't interested in getting out of victimization mm-hmm. because it sells, because everybody's a part of that conversation. Yeah. And so what we can do as musicians is we could take a story of, you know, broken hardness and from that place... We could stand in possibility and acknowledge and, and love. Yeah. That's it so doesn't amazing. have to be cheesy. It doesn't have to be peace, love and unity. And it could be a beautiful story that reminds people in subtle ways that what we're here to do with music and, and our rackets can be used as fuel to remind someone of their infinite source. With yeah. Them. Yeah, totally. That's beautiful. That's yeah. really beautiful. Wow. Really beautiful. You helped me with that a couple weeks ago. Man, I love you. Yeah, I love you too. Yeah. All right. I'll get out. Okay. Come on. Cool. It's like the, is this the most, most emotional interview you've done yet? Or no? You've been crying a lot on your yeah. podcast? No, for sure. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Good. This is the most emotional one I've done. Nice. I mean, makes sense. Makes sense. I like it's. Uh, it's good. If you're enjoying this program, if you love Lunacy, please consider becoming part of our team. Go to patreon.com backslash lunacy podcast to become a member of our team. You can choose a number of different levels to support us on a monthly basis so that we can continue the work of exploring the love operating system, how best to be of service, and how to live life to the fullest. Thank you so much for your support. Much love, everybody. I do want to, I'd like for us to share some music and okay. I think I'm going to open for you. So I'm going to go first. Why? Okay. You always open for me. You want to be the headliner tonight? No. Okay. No, you have the opportunity to, to, you know, headline and I can open. Oh, for I know. You. It says, I don't, I don't, okay. it's not really about that. Okay. Uh, you know, it was just a joke, but yeah. But yeah. Okay. People are going to turn it off right now anyway. Yeah. So. No, they're not. Just okay. kidding. All right. Turn it off. Can this I is introduce an you? unreleased song. Okay. Yeah. Can I introduce Please. you? Go Why don't you get your guitar? Okay. So, hello everybody. Welcome to Lunacy. It's your uh, co-host Mikey Powker here with Jeff Ado and your guest uh, today. We have a world-class musician, uh, you know, writing songs of personal transformation, uh, and he is here to share his spark with us. Wow! And we are here to witness in person, or at least I'm in person, his gift. Wow! His altar gift. Yeah. So let's give it up for this amazing performance. Yeah, performance. Wow. Let's give it up for Jeff Ado. Come on. Woo! I have to give it up for myself because nobody else is here. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Also, by the way, if you want to watch this performance of Mikey and I playing some music, you could check it out on YouTube. Just search Jeff Ado Lunacy and it'll come up. Sure, I will make it walk 
I looked like I was peaking quite a bit there. But anyway, that's to be expected. All right. So we do a different song. I want you to do great spirit. Cool. Yeah. Great. Do it. It's a good way to wrap it up. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a privilege and an honor to welcome to the stage uh, my very, very good friend and soul brother, Mikey Poker. He is a 
star. I mean that in the true sense of the word, he is a bright light that shines upon this earth, spreading love and light through his music. He creates music as a prayer and, uh, I couldn't be more happy to have the privilege and honor of introducing him. Ladies and gentlemen, Mikey Pauker. Oh, 
such a beautiful song thank you it's great nice singing with you yeah great singing with you thanks for letting me I was not expecting it. i was like oh my god some harmony yeah yeah felt it. i was feeling it i should have told you you could have sang along with my song too next I was time just, i was mouthing it i yeah. saw i even got the lyrics wrong or some of it That's you'll, okay. you'll see my mouth is not going okay it doesn't matter uh Wow. That's great. Okay, good. Well, we're nearing the end of our time here together. Um, here's the podcast question, buddy. For you, Mikey Pauker, what is sacred and what is insane? What is sacred or what is secret? What is sacred and what is insane? Everything. Everything is sacred. Everything is sacred and everything is insane. Everything. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's a really good answer. How is anything not insane on this world? What is, what what are we doing here? Yeah. And because of that, how sacred is that? Yeah. Everything. Final answer. Final answer. I love it. Everything on all counts. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Dropping some codes there. Yeah. You know what I mean? took the red pill yeah he did this show is about the red pill if if i'm doing it right how about you what's 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 sacred and what's insane it's funny nobody's ever asked me that question before oh i ask people that question i never ask you're good like interview flip i love it okay for me what is sacred oh i like what you said but I, i can't copy your answer um For me, what is sacred is 
gratitude and love and expression mm. and this moment right now, this breath. Mm. And what is insane is all the bullshit that I create that gets in the way of me truly feeling and experiencing the beauty of this moment right here, right now, all the stories that get stuck in my head and the rackets that I'm running on myself and other people and the victimization. That's insane. It's insane. And also the way that we, uh, I'm sorry to say it this way, but I, I mean, speak your truth, Jeff, the way that we desecrate the planet, you know, the way that we're, that we're desecrating the, the planet that we haven't figured out how to really live in harmony with what we have in this beautiful blue dot in the middle of outer space. That's insane too. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we're, we're figuring it out. It's not too late. Go humanity. We're here obviously in service to that mission. There's, there's, There's a lot of goodness. There's a lot of, we are in a time of pivotal time in humanity of, Degrees changing, and I believe in the power of miracles. I believe that we can turn things around, and we don't have to allow certain narratives to run the show. Yeah, there are miracles that happen. I see them every day. You see, we see them. It's a miracle we're here. Yeah, that we're still here after everything that. If you look at, if you're an alien coming to here, and you were to see all the news, you'd be thinking, "How is everyone even living?" Yeah, but the, the fact, the reality is, there are so many beautiful, meaningful things happening every day mm-hmm. still with yeah. all of the other shit. There's still some goodness here and there's even great goodness in the shit. Mm-hmm. Some really good, there really is good learning compost. What is compost? It all the goodness nourishment made into crap. Yeah. But we need that crap. To, if we want yummy organic veggies, we need great compost. Yeah. Honor the mud so, to have the Lotus. That's right. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, you know, I mean, I, I call me an idealist. I don't feel like that. I I think I'm also a realist, uh, but I choose to have an optimistic outlook because I choose that the way that I look and see reality also manifests it. And I know that to be true from my own experience, including this podcast, this Mm -hmm. house, having you here right now, Mm -hmm. this land that I'm on, you know, it's manifestation. I Mm -hmm. created it. You did. My wife and I made a did list. A really good job. I made a list of what I wanted in a partner, and that became my wife. Mm-hmm. So a- anyway, and I'm not trying to sell the secret over no, here. No, but, but also you've intentionally made altars of your whole house. Yeah, that's true. And it's amazing. And also the, this this practice of music and right. singing and coming together. Um, all that to say, like, all is not lost. You know, we are in the midst at the precipice of a global renaissance, and we just have to put the phones down. <laughs> Even though that's put probably how you're Actually, listening don't put to this. It down. Listen, listen, this guy. Uh, you know, but from time to time, put the phones down and experience reality. And like, just the more that we, each of us claims our own sovereignty and recognizes that I am the creator of my own stories. And I take full responsibility for my life to the utmost hundred percent. I'm not the victim of anything. And keep reminding myself of that. The, the more that each of us, makes that inquiry and discovery and asks, how do I love more? The more that we allow all the people around us to expand and flourish, you know, Marianne Williamson, her whole quote, like you, uh, what is it? Um, yeah. Marianne Williamson, 
I, I, I'm sure you remember me. I interviewed you a long time ago for a documentary on hunger that has yet to come out that will come out. But just to quote her, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Yeah. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel unsure around you. We were, more, we were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. Here's the piece. As we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Nelson Mandela quoted that in his speech, actually, in 1994. Wait, but that was Miriam Williamson who wrote that? Yeah. It often gets attributed to Nelson Mandela, but... That's because he said it in his inaugural speech in 1994. He wow. read her book and he quoted her. From Course in Miracles? Or what uh, book was it? She didn't write Course in Miracles. No, but she, but it was but a book, wrote, I think, Return to Love yeah, or something. Right. But she did do some some like work with Course in Miracles. I mean, that's Oh, yeah, she practice. does. That's that's a lot right, of her right, right, deal. Right, right. In fact, right, she right. teaches a class. I think she's still doing it, teaching yeah. a class in, in Los Angeles. I've been, I mm-hmm. went a bunch mm-hmm. of times. She's really just. <sighs> we love you, Marion Williamson. Please run for president again. No, she is running. Oh, sweet. No, she she's running. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, she's that makes me okay. You definitely yeah. come on the program. Yeah, All right, I'll blow it up. Program. All right. Mikey, so what's going on with you? Like what's what's coming up? Where can people see you, experience your music, mm-hmm. see you live? What's the next release? What's happening, bruh? Yeah, I uh, have a new single out called Optimistic that I wrote with my friend Daniel Beddingfield and Cass Haley. And we just released it on my on my label, Beautiful Way Records. Um, and it's great, by the way. I've heard it. It's really good. I love that song. Thank you so much. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that song's uh, out. It came out a couple weeks ago. Um, also released another song with Cass Haley called Heartbreak in Paradise, um, which is out. Um, and what's coming up is I'm going on the road with my friend uh, Aquanimous and Ruby Chase. And we're performing at Playthink Festival, which will be on June 16th, 17th in Harrodsburg, Kentucky. And June 24th, I will be in San Francisco at the World Folk Jam. I'm playing a gig with uh, David Block. He's known as the Human Experience. Yeah. He's also in Gone Gone Beyond. Yeah. Uh, da- David Satori, he's the founding member of Beats Antique and Dirtwire. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Dirtwire is great. Fauna Fiala, they're like a, a Kowali Sufi group, and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday night, I'll be offering a Havdala, which is a uh, end of Shabbat ceremony, and we'll be doing like more of a Hebrew central kind of set with my band. Cool. And they'll have like 30 openers through the day of like Celtic music and Mongolian music, like world folk from all over the world. Wow, where is that? That's in San Francisco at Sherith Israel on June 24th. Tickets are on sale right now. It's probably going to sell out, so you should probably get a ticket. I'm getting a ticket. Uh, July 22nd, if you're in the Bay. I'm playing with Marius Stark at Soft Medicine with Mary Isis opening up. It's going to be really great. And then also um, Bhakti Love, which will be in September with Jai Uttal, CC Love. It's like a it's a yoga bhakti um, chant kirtan festival. Cool. So, yeah, got all that. I'm also 
um, going to be offering um, classes on prayer and, and how to build your own practice and maybe how to create uh, prayer formants yeah. soon. So, you know, if you have any questions around that, get in touch with me on my Instagram or my Facebook and um, also my website, MikeyPowker.com. Thanks. Awesome. That's great. Did you just come up with performance on this podcast? No, no, no. It's okay. been out. Yeah. That's good. I like yeah, that yeah. term. Thank you. Anyway. Thank you. Good. I love you. Thanks so much for I having love me. Love you too, brother. Much love, everybody. Lunacy is a creation of myself, Jeff Ado, with podcast management by Kimberly Joy Voice. Much love. Thank you.